Dumboy dog bumps. Dum de dum. Let's make contestant number one. Number one, that's you. Bun. Good. I want to be a contestant. Just wait. I'm putting my contestant wait. Okay, I'm a contestant now. <laughs> yeah, sure. What proportion of the ocean floor would you say we've mapped? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know it's only five percent? Right. And what's the average depth and what's the standard deviation on that depth? Well, in the North Pacific and North, North Atlantic, Atlantic, the abyssal plane, plane is between 4,000 metres and 6,000 metres deep. I don't and know the standard deviation. Okay. Challenger deep, how deep is that? Uh, it's around 11 kilometres deep. And how much of it is 11 kilometres deep? Ooh. Ooh. I do not know. Given all this information and lack of information, how long do you think it is until we find a new deepest point of the ocean? I think that it is going to be between 2 and 13 years before we confirm... The Challenger Deep is at the deepest part of the ocean. You don't think there's a chance that it might There's a chance that it might not be. Can I, can I read to you? First of all, I asked that question and nobody answered me, but I found it out anyway. There is something called Project 2030, and it's a coalition of 100 ships, and they're going to do bathymetry on the entire globe, like all, all the ocean, ocean, over the next 13 years. They're going to do like a com computer tessellated um, bathymetry of the whole ocean. But, so I reckon it's a, it's a maximum of 13 years before we find out if there's somewhere deeper or we um, 
confirm that challenge is the deepest. But check this, this right? This, I asked this question today, today on the Earth Science Stack Exchange. You ready? Les, done. You ready? Don't you think it's a question for a mathematician to? No, I think this is a question for another part of the ocean. This is a question for a talented metaphysician. Metaphysician. Yeah. I happen to know a talented metaphysician. Oh, really? Can you ask she or he for me? I'm going to play him a song. Some of that lined up for later. What do you got for me? Um, well, I've got, I've got a question that I asked to uh, the oceanography part of Earth Science Stack Exchange. All right, so this is from uh, 23 hours ago, and I've got t 10 views on the question and zero answers. So nobody's Sick. game enough to answer me. Nobody's game. The title of my question. How deep in the ocean is the Afro-Eurasian landmass? I realize this is a question that is a little loose with geological terms. My question was stimulated by a previous discussion on this exchange where people were debating what defines a seamount and whether Mauna Kea is the highest seamount despite not being fully submerged or even whether it was the highest mountain on Earth, period, despite being partly submerged. I am curious... If we consider that Everest is a seamount with an exceptionally broad base that is the entire Afro-Eurasian landmass, how tall could we say it is from the sea floor? How far into the ocean would we have to go to draw a sensible boundary between such a large seamount and the ocean floor in general? 
I realize this is thinking on a slippery slope, but I want to draw a boundary before the point at which Everest becomes a space mount whose base is the whole planet. Can you answer that question for me, Doof? <laughs> makes no sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, <laughs> you want to get these geologists involved in some pointless semantic debate about space mounts. Yeah. Do you remember that um, Boards of Canada track that mentions sea mounts? Pours out near the sea surface. Tremendous volcanic explosions sometimes occur. In time, submarine seamounts or islands are formed. Where lava flows underwater, it behaves differently. Contraption to capture a dandelion in one piece has been put together by the dandelion. dandelion. The preparation for a dive is always a tense time. Preparation for posting a comment online is always a tense time. When lava pours out near the sea surface, my bun knows his geogaddy. Good work, bud. Yeah. <laughs> the talking point that I wrote down, apart from the when is the Mariana Trench getting it fucked on, um, was that we don't need much more talking line. points. I've been doing a lot of work on oceanography this week. Do you know <laughs> that the, nobody really knows what a sea mount is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but nobody really cares to define the limits of what a sea mount is semantically. I don't think. Well, no, because the, the, well, that's true. First of all, that's true. And second of all, that's important. Just one second. I mean, a sound um, is either a mountain that's fully submerged or a mountain that's partly submerged. Which one do you want to go for? Well, a submarine seamount must be sub, fully sub, wholly submarine. Oh, well, the Captain so Tautology wants to fucking call a submarine seamount and what? And an extramarine seamount? No, I think it's a submarine seamount is a subset of seamounts. And then oh, and then there are other seamounts that breach the surface. Which are non, not exclusively submarine. But some people say that a seamount that breaches the surface is just an island. That's the definition of a volcanic island. Sure. Don't mind if that's how they feel. Personally, I think that that's probably what you've got to do. Otherwise, it's going to be that you're going to reach that problem where Everest is a seamount with its base being the entire Afro-Eurasian landmass, which makes no fucking sense. Seamounts which breach the surface. Can I play you a song? Would you listen to it? Possible. That's what I want. Okay, I'm going to play it. It's already playing. Look, it's very peaceful. It's from an album called Love Songs and Lamentations. Ai no kotoba wa 
Son, where'd you find this? Jigs here. No, no way. Oh, if only I could send you one. Yeah. Email your little pump of your cave blow. Can you email me a thingamajig, hey, please? What do you got playing? I thought you were going to play something. Are you ready? Thank you. 
Juicy when you plug it. Do you understand, Bun Melon Man? Hey, Bun Melon Man. Hey, Bun Melon Man. Hot and bothered, need a little cooling. When I hear your call, I start to drooling. Do you understand, Bun Melon Man? I think I understand. I looked that up on a website called International Lyrics Playground and uh, found there an ad for something called Skaterstan. <laughs> Is that like one of those offshore high five communities? It's empowering youth through skateboarding and education. Ah, that was like the church up in Nangara. Nangara, is it? <laughs> Nangara <laughs> didn't have a church that empowered ah, youth Nangara, skateboarding. it's our Jewish <laughs> homeland. <laughs> <laughs> Nangara, that's where we're from. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> ah, Pierre Dutour. Oh, my God. 
For Jeopardy, I got a good one for you, bun. All right, not a pope. Actually, that's boring. <laughs> Sounds it. Hey, this is a better one. Okay, this one it starts with a pronoun. Now it's so you your response will be a word that begins with a pronoun, but the pronoun is also part of the word itself. Does that make any makes sense? A sense? Let's give it a try. Okay, we'll we'll try it. We'll try it. The laying on of hands is a key part of the practice of faith. Indeed. <laughs> so healing. Do you get it? Because there's a he. Oh, you're kidding me. Faith healing. Yeah. I don't want to like answer questions of that nature. Okay. How about this one? In this job at a wedding, you'll be called upon to ask friend of the bride or groom, as if anybody does that anymore. Sheila Brent? Usher. Because, like, there's a her at the end of it. Oh, my God. Different category, please. <laughs> All right, maybe we should go back to not a pope. <clears throat> Out of these three, who is not a pope? Urban the seventh, Julius the second, Irving the third. Julius the second, Irving the third. For six hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, because Irving. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, okay. Out of these three, Romanus the first, Julius the first, or Caesar the third. Or maybe there weren't three Caesars. Yeah, I think there's another reason why that was would be, and that's because Caesar's not a first name. Or actually, it's not a family name. Oh, fuck, who knows? Uh, okay, Stephen the Ninth, John the 24th, Clement the Eighth. I can't imagine they would have gone through any four Johns. John the 24th is correct. I don't know, there's that fucking John the 23rd in Perth, that school. Okay, here we go. Dominicus the First... Honorius the first, Innocent the first. I'm stumped. I'm just gonna go with Innocent. (laughs) It's all of them. I mean, it was uh, Dominicus. Oh, well, Dominicus. Sounds poopy.
Your voice is just always a tune. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'm going to read to you <laughs> from newbies.com.au. Stop scaring, baby. Read to me, baby. Love it when you read. Yeah. I this good because I'm going to read to you. Shoppers blame slow internet speeds for click frenzy chaos. Frustrated shoppers have taken to social media to vent about slow internet speeds and subscriptions during click frenzy. Online demands are kicked off on Tuesday at 7pm with discounts on a range of home, fashion, toys, food, sports equipment and travel from more than 500 Australian companies. Founder Grant Barnett said that twice annual sale included ridiculous prices on things like Google Home for $2 and Xbox for $4. We've got an LG 55 inch TV selling for $10. We've got a Fitbit going for $2. A 10.5 inch iPad Pro 64 gigabyte for $10. However, many users found the chance of nabbing such a deal was slim due to fierce competition and slow internet speeds. Nothing makes me shoplift like slow internet. Well, 
from dust you come and to dust you go it will all be gone but the love you know make it when you come Son, where'd you find this? So there's a bunch of other good questions on Earth Science Stack Exchange. Do you want? I'll tell you the ones that are here, and you tell me if you want me to read any answers. Yeah, but could you take away the incomprehensible filter for your voice? Sure, fine. If you want to be boring about it, okay. Why do tropical cyclones get more attention than extratropical cyclones? Runaway change in climate. What are the estimates? Results of large woody debris in river slash lake. Will we die due to lack of O2? Does the composition of rock near the epicenter affect the effects of an earthquake? Estimated volume daily or annually of sea level rise due to melting ice. I don't know what these people have to say about extratropical cyclones. All right. We, you know, you, you just stopped me one question before I got to how deep in the ocean is the Afro-Eurasian landmass? <laughs> I don't care about that. My question is still in the top 10. It's just nobody's answering it. <laughs> you don't care, but that's because you're, you know, you're enthralled by the scientism of our age. You, nobody cares about metaphysics anymore. All right. Why do tropical cyclones get more attention than extratropical cyclones? For tropical cyclones, we have carefully... This is the elaboration of the question. For tropical cyclones, we have carefully tracked every instance of them and naming them as soon as they have reached a certain intensity. Flying aircraft into measure conditions, compiling databases, creating models, and putting great emphasis on improving predictions. However, it seems like for extratropical cyclones, we do less. Those poor tropical cyclones, hey, bud? Extratropical ones, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the extratropical ones are the ones missing out, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I feel bad for the extratropical ones now as well. What, the, what about those Antipodean cyclones? The poor old hurricanes? Well, I guess they're extratropical as well. Well, they can be intratropical Antipodean hurricanes, and they're still not cyclones. Oh, it's true. Now, see, now you're strange. Now we're metaphysical. <laughs> All right. People only recently started to name extratropical cyclones. There doesn't seem to be a database of them, and they're just not portrayed as being as concerning when you hear about them on the news, even though they can have comparable wind speeds and minimum pressure to many tropical cyclones. Because they're always named Why benign names difference? like Irma. Why is there this difference? Asks user 930067. Oh, and then it was edited. Do you want to know who it was edited by? Lesbox. No, it was edited by a user called Jeopardy Tempest. Oh. Mm. How intriguing. <laughs> All right, let's have a look at extra the answer to this. Well, extratropical cyclones are relatively well understood. They often follow the Norwegian cyclone model, which was developed in the 1910s and 1920s. Because of their spatial extent, extratropical cyclones are often less intense than their tropical counterparts. 
Since they are so much larger and live longer over land, it is easy to get data about an extratropical cyclone. Tropical cyclones, on the other hand, have faster winds and affect people in a more dramatic fashion. If an extratropical cyclone is announced in winter, a grocery store may run out of bread. If a tropical cyclone is announced, there may not be a clerk available to restock the shelves. Very ominous, isn't it? You know where the button? biggest cyclone yet to be observed <sighs> exists? What is Jupiter. it? Oh, you got me, Bun. <laughs> Tropical cyclones often don't live very long over land and are smaller. They obviously live longer over space, don't they, Bun? So it is hard to get data about them. Because they're smaller and the wind spin change over distance is so much greater in extratropical cyclones than tropical cyclones, errors in the forecast tend to have more of a dramatic effect on tropical cyclones. So to summarize... Never He's, run. He, Sorry, never This guy's very good at summarizing, isn't he? Lesson two. Always hug your kids. Lesson three. All cops are bastards. Get on your knees and pray to Lesson bun. four. Right tool, right task. Lesson five. The job's not done until the tools are packed away. Yeah, to summarize, mm. extratropic cyclones are often less intense. We have an abundance of data on extratropical cyclones. The theory behind the development of extratropical cyclones is long-standing and generally well-established. Tropical cyclones are much more dramatic and concentrated. Forecast errors impact tropical cyclones more severely than extratropical cyclones, i.e. they are less predictable. Answered 10 hours ago by user Baraclini C++.
3,000 kilometers thick. What is? The surface is hard and forms a solid crust. <laughs> if the earth was a peach, this crust would be as thin as its skin. Uh, the earth is a crust that's solid and hard. Yeah, and peaches as well are in that. But the earth's crust is cracked and brittle. Oof. Like an eggshell. It's made up of several segments called tectonic plates. What a shitty crust. There are two kinds of crust. Continental crust forms the great landmasses of the world. This is thick. You are These thick. rocks are made of ancient lightweight substances like granite. Some were formed almost 4,000 million years ago. Don't sing if you want to live long. They have no use for your song. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world. You'll never get a second chance. Plan all your moves in advance. Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead. Stay dead and out of this world. Run fast, don't stand in the sun. There's too much work to be done. You're down, you're down, you're down. You're down and out of this world. Don't ever talk with your eyes. Be sure that you compromise. You're dead, you're dead, you're dead. You're dead and out of this world. Hear the unloved weeping like rain Guard your sleep from the sound of their pain Long gone, long gone, long gone, long gone and out of this world When you smile and it tears your face It's time for the inhuman race You're down, you're down, you're down you're down and out of this world Now your hope and compassion is gone You've sold out your dream to the world Stay dead, stay dead, stay dead You're dead and out of this world Russian Island, baby.
One of Michael Jackson's kids was called Blanket. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> 15 years old, Blanket. Anyway, Blanket apparently lives in a mansion all by himself in LA. Without a guardian, at 15. Just chilling. Poor little Blanky. I guess that's... Um, 
That's the bun bun hour, hey bun? That's the hour. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Ah, goodbye. Good bun bun. Night, Ben.